in continuing to talk about God developing a holy people in the earth. The 2019 will see a continuation of that, of that development. Almost anyone who has been seeking God has experienced a turbulent 2018 in one form or another. It seems like 2018 was the shakedown year also for those who are seeking God. I do not wish to present uh, a picture that says in effect that people who are not seeking God are being brought to their ends and that that's really as far as it goes. No, people who are seeking God are also being brought to their ends because what God is doing in the earth is affecting everyone. But the way it affects us depends on how we are positioned. If you're seeking God, the thing that obscures the vision and prevents you from finding that level of God revealed is your perception, the filters through which you view these things, the lenses through which you, you spy into the nature of God. Now, you would think that we would be just very happy to have those lenses cleaned so that our focus could be quite sharp, quite clear. But it's not that simple. Because what has happened is our view of God has become familiar to us, even if the view is erroneous. And the familiarity we have with a certain point of view allows us to develop certain coping skills and, and mechanisms, including predicting, by looking through those lenses, predicting the future. What God has done to those who are seeking him is to show them how deeply compromised even they are and how erroneous their judgments are if those judgments have yet to be refined by the light of revelation. So in it's, it's actually a dual way that God does this. One is to, to give you revelation that upsets your point of view from what it has been previously to what he wants you to see now. But the other thing that, he, that God also has done, and to some extent will continue to do, is to disabuse you of certain um, notions of security and well-being, whether it's your trust in familiar persons or your trust in things you are able to do, skills you possess, financial and other resources you possess, and the like. 
For many, 2018 has represented the departure of and an end to certain relationships that have been very tearing and rending, very heartbreaking. And with great reluctance, uh, certain ones have had to let go of relationships that they were sure would be forever kinds of relationships. As people disclosed the points beyond which they will not go in their search for God. Because you see, everyone is being sifted in this way. And with the sifting, people react according to what they wish to preserve. If, when you're sifted, your desire is to preserve the search of God, search for God, inviolate. In other words, in the heat of the moment, in the worst of your challenges, you will apply the things you know that are certainly God against every instinct you may have to the contrary. Then you'll go through that very dark place and emerge into the light of day. For some people, however, they're not going to do that. They've found the place of their bargain with God. Either that they're not going to go on unless God does for them the things they decide are critical to their existences, or uh, they're going to spin the situation to make it appear that God has answered them and is giving them the thing they asked for. And, but whether it's one or the other of those two perspectives, concerning those who are going on with the Lord with no, no pretense to the contrary, with every intent to find what they're seeking, but not necessarily knowing what they're going to find, but with, with true with honesty and truthfulness, as determined not by human self-congratulatory standards, but by the, by the faithful, unerring leading of the Holy Spirit. You walk through those places, then you have suffered loss this year. You've suffered loss of relationships. You've had to recalibrate your view of people, certain ones who are very dear and close to you. And such things are turbulent and traumatic because we tend to consider our well-being in light of the relationships we have. So now, of course, we have an enemy that's pursuing all of this and looks for opportunity. And when he finds them in our close circles, he pounces on them. Another sense of loss that others may, uh, may have experienced, another sense of testing and turbulence, is hitting low ceilings, ceilings that are low over your head, and not being able to penetrate 
even if you want to, even if you know that you, you're not where you should be, but there being a low ceiling over your head. I've seen that quite a bit this past year, both in ministering to others and in circles that are close to me. As we have delved, in, delved into, uh, into these matters uh, to a much deeper level, what God meant to do was reveal certain blockages that were in the lives of people. Things that may have been there from their childhood and unconsciously formed barriers in their emotions to the flow of God's presence and certainty and security for them and through them. I've experienced a number of very heart-rending stories. I've, I've, I've listened to and tried to help people navigate through heart-rending stories that uh, locked people up from their childhood. And they've had tremendous battles uh, with, within their own souls without even knowing why they were barred or blocked from going forward in their emotions in these places until crises came. I was speaking recently to someone who was experiencing a crisis, crisis of relationship. And what emerged was there were events uh, from, from early in childhood in which parents were thinking they were doing a favor to the child in such basic uh, training skills um, as uh, getting dressed to go to school or being on time, uh, berated their children. And this, this, uh, this particular individual had a a, a heartbreaking story of being berated by by a parent. And so much so that he freezes as an adult when that wave of uh, tension comes on him and paralyzes him. Here's a very gifted person, very articulate, but there are times when he simply freezes, can't find the words. Didn't know where all of that came from. Until we went back into his history and found the key. At three years of age, being harangued by a parent and made to feel stupid made to feel like he was, he, he used the word, it's, it's out of vogue today. Um, I think uh, the word today would be emotionally challenged. 
uh, or reality challenged. But that wasn't the word that his parent used who, who blasted him. He's lived with the, with the sense of being incompetent since that time. And there are moments when, he's, when he has been assailed by the thought, by the emotion of feeling incompetent when, frankly, there was nobody more competent than, than he to address the issues at hand. And having to fight through those things in order to do what he was clearly uh, positioned to do and called to do. So I've watched dozens and dozens of people in the past year go through these harrowing uh, discoveries, go through the process that led to discoveries of things that were harrowing from their childhood. This is, in looking back, I'm able to understand. At the time, it it just seemed like um, a whole series of one-off happenings. But looking back and talking to the Lord about it, uh, I began to understand that God was dealing with the human soul, with the souls of those who put their trust in him. The enemy had found ways to lock them down uh, through various devices that created emotions that served as as, uh, defining feelings and emotions regarding who the people saw themselves as being. And I've seen so many this year who broke through and saw what the, the trap the enemy had set, experienced the goodness of God. And, and now, so in, in the year that's coming, I see two, two ongoing aspects of that. One is people continuing to gain ground. Those who have been set free, continuing to gain ground and take up the lives that God put them here to live. And others who will be set free because the light is spreading and the glory of God is appearing on a people. So I see those things uh, happening. Uh, The loss of relationships, conflicts of every kind arising personally. I see God taking a people deeper into the things of God, uh, deeper into understanding the schemes of the enemy that have been uh, um, deployed against them, smashing these um, these entrapments that have been put in place to to capture and devour their lives. So, in the continuation of God bringing forth a people in the image and likeness of Christ, a people who are not compromised by the spirit of the age, a people who do not look to the world for their supply, their identity, their purpose, their success, but are looking to God, there's a terrifying refinement going on. And frankly, I can understand why people 
would rather choose the familiar and try to make that work, discredited as it has become, try to make that work rather than going through the reset and the the purgation, if you like, the refinement by fiery trials of every kind that seems to have come upon the people of God as a widespread baptism of fire. It's funny. We know the scriptures spoke of a baptism of fire. But we thought that that would be more like the day of Pentecost with the manifestation of phaneros, which is like tongues of fire, which the Holy Spirit is well able to do. And that's when the Holy Spirit just chooses to be the Holy Spirit, when he's God and he's just being God. However, there is a baptism of fire that is designed for refinement, to melt off the dross, to reconnect us to the the mind of God by purifying and purging the taint of our minds that make us incompatible to the mind of Christ. This reset is going on and it's going on in earnest and it's going on deeply and anyone who is seeking God is going to be subject to it. Nobody is being spared. I've watched many people come right up to it and look over it. I've even had some leaders say to me, I don't believe in that. I don't believe that uh, we have to go through anything like that. I'm just going to go out and find some people who want to hear the message that I am bringing and I'm going to preach that message. And that's been part of the loss that I personally have experienced, loss of relationships. But I'm saying to you that at the moment that sounds good and at the moment it seems less strenuous, less invasive, and surely that has to be God because everybody knows God doesn't want to hurt you. Um, No, it's not true. That's not the case. God says, one of the prophets of the Old Testament said, come, let us return unto the Lord because he's wounded us that he might heal us. He has broken us that he might mend us. And on the third day, the day of resurrection, of course, the coming forth of the new creation, and on the third day, he will revive us, bring us out of the grave of these sufferings. Concerning Jesus himself, the pattern is well established. The pattern of the Son being uh, brought forth and presented as the final product of having suffered. It says of Jesus that he learned obedience by the things he suffered. And he grew in favor with God and man. So as between the age of 12, when he's in the temple, and when he's presented again to the world at the age of 30, in that 18-year span, much of his life is summarized by he learned obedience by the things he suffered. 
and he grew in favor with God and man. Because every son of God received as an infant, because that's how you are when you're born, so being born again delivers us into the household of God as a son of God, but in the condition of a child, of an infant. As between that and the son in whom the father is well pleased, who is able to carry out the splendid, uh, radiant, resplendent representation of the father in the earth, as between the child who is born and the son who is given to reset the earth in its understanding of the nature of God, as between those, those two points, suffering is the constant. Suffering is the necessary element. Suffering is the companion of that journey. It cannot be otherwise. Anyone who seeks to avoid suffering, at the best, at the minimum, delays their growth. At the worst, they abandon the faith. Because he who has suffered in the flesh ceases from sin. The scriptures speak of us as being temples of the Holy Spirit. And in that, we are said to host the presence of God for the purpose of putting on display the nature of God. That's what sonship is. It's really not a gospel about going to heaven when you die. It is true that when we die, we go to heaven. But heaven is neither the final, uh, is neither the destination nor the final end of the story. Because we'll come again, the Lord will bring us again and continue the point of representing him until everything is summed up in Christ and God is all in all. With that said, suffering then is the sacrifice that is offered in our temples. And the the sacrifice is the sacrifice of the will of the self. The way we would direct and govern our own lives apart from the, the template of the standard of Christ. People want that. People want to keep on going and doing what they want to do, what seems right to them, what they're comfortable with, even if it's missing the mark. And God has no intentions of allowing us to live that way. Instead, the greatest purpose for the creation of man is the purpose to which God refines us, for which purpose he refines and trains us. And that is to be measured by the standard and likeness of Christ, who is the perfect son, the son in whom God is well pleased. As the son of righteousness arises, he aligns us to that very standard the standard of God's righteousness. 
then our souls are saved to the degree that our souls are aligned to the standard of the righteousness of Christ. To that degree, our souls are saved. This is the work of the Holy Spirit to do. Each part that is refined in this way is given more and more of the responsibility to represent God as he is. And so in the compendium of these parts, in the assembly of these parts, you have a corporate man, you have a body. And that body has a head to it. The head of the body is Christ and the body is the body of Christ. That is the corporate son. And God is causing the corporate son now in this time to come to maturity. And when this corporate son reaches its maturity, all of the resources of God, <coughs> pardon me, both the resources that are included in heaven and on earth and resources in God that are not included in either heaven or earth <coughs> pardon me, will become available to support this corporate man in its destiny in the earth to represent the Father who is the living God. We're about to see <coughs> a a touching of the earth of heavenly resources. And the moment you say that, people think in terms of money. Lately, I've been instructed to pray for power. The power that sustains the word of God in the earth. Not primarily the power for human consumption of healing and miracles, but such power as the discerning of spirits, the accuracy of revelation and insight, positioning the people of God toward greater and greater maturity. I'll have more to say about power in a subsequent message and how it fits into the profile of a people who are being brought into maturity. But until then, I trust that you will have a wonderful 2019, albeit in the environment of suffering. I'm Sam Solon, and I'll see you then. Bye-bye.